pre-service prayer this morning, and um, we were praying about what God wanted to do in people's lives and just in the church this morning, and uh, I felt like he was speaking a really clear word. I felt like he was saying that there's apathy in people's lives that needs to be broken off. Uh, Apathy can look like a lot of different things. It can look like there's something that you've wanted, and it's like no matter how how hard you try, you can't get it. Uh, It can look like there's something in the way. I felt like there's dreams that people have. I felt like there are things that people want to uh, grab a hold of, and it's like no matter how hard you try, you can't get a hold of it. And I felt like there's like a number of reasons that that happens. Sometimes it's an agreement that we make. Sometimes, sometimes we actually just need the God of the universe to come and empower us. So if any of that rings a bell, I want you to put your hands out in front of you. See, the Bible tells us that faith is worthless without action. Without works, there's no faith. So what you're doing when you you put your hands out is you're doing a physical action that's gonna empower faith in your life. Some people, God is gonna speak to you about an agreement that you've made or a lie that you believed. And I want you to just say to yourself, like, I repent of that, God. Some of you, God is gonna touch. And in a moment, something's gonna be different. So if this is for you, You don't have to say it out loud, but I encourage you to. It's important. Let's be bold. Let's have our lives back. Let's have the life that God made you for. Holy Spirit, come. God, we invite you right now to come. Every single person that has their hands out in this room, Lord, I ask that you'd come and touch them. You'd speak to them and you'd show them the truth. Spirit of truth, come. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you made us for more than this. Apathy be broken right now in Jesus' name. We break that off every person in this room. Thank you, Jesus. You see, when you put your hands out, you're letting go of something or you're receiving it. Either way, God has something for you. Father, I thank you for your truth. We thank you for the end of apathy in this church. We thank you for the end of apathy in your body. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you gave something up, I want you to ask the Lord what he has for you in exchange. He always leaves us better than how he found us. He might give you a picture. It might be a feeling you have in your heart. It might just be a word of truth.
We're just going to wait a moment and just see what the Lord, I think he's continuing to speak to people, um, especially people that in that moment gave something up. I believe he's just marking us with what he says about us. Um, but also, let's just take a moment. <clears throat> I feel like he's just continuing to speak, so I don't want to rush past it. I don't really have anything else. biggest distractions to intimacy or the biggest obstacles to intimacy is distraction um, I remember when the Lord started to I really started to hear his voice I really started to grow in hearing his voice and I would hear it um, like it becomes something that's like like very common and the way that you experience transformation is you should make sure that you value the things that are very valuable um, it's like the first time I hear the, I heard the Lord's voice it was like you know I cherished it and then you start to get used to hearing his voice and then you, just, you don't cherish it as much because it's so common um, and then we let distractions and things come in that we're always wanting more and it's like Jesus, he says, like, you don't live by every, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it's like, I think so many times we're always looking for more. And it's like, I've met people that hear the voice of God like one time. And it seems like they haven't heard very much since then, but they're still living off of that one manna that they picked up, you know, 30 years ago. Um, 
that's why like I just try my best not to like rush through things and try my best to slow down like it's not like I have zero anxiousness that you guys are sitting there looking at me and we're waiting and I think that we need to start understanding that and living in that because so many times we're waiting for the next thing or we're 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 letting distraction come in and it's robbing us of intimacy you know the only thing that would break intimacy between me and Taya is if my mind's set on something else when she's in the room right if I'm busy and my mind's racing and I'm headed towards something else when she's in the room it's a, it's a good chance we're not connecting well and I think that that's something the Lord wants to to settle in our hearts is like he's in the room whether or not we sit and we, we listen is the, is the question um, God's not ever withholding anything from us there's been times in my life where <clears throat> especially in hearing hearing the voice of God for other people is I know that if I sit and listen long like if I stop and wait and ask I'm going to get an answer but a lot of times fear of man would come in and tell me not to do it so I would just kind of walk past like I like I know the words hanging right here to help this person but I'm scared to talk to him so I just walk past it but if I stop and turn my heart immediately he speaks like Moses with the burning bush right it's so crazy it's such a it's such a picture of, of New Testament reality is the bush is burning and it says Moses when he stopped and turned aside to, to see the sight the Lord spoke it wasn't like he saw the bush and the Lord spoke right he saw the bush and by the time he he sought that thing out and tried to figure out why it wasn't burning he stopped turned aside and he's like it says to see why it wasn't burning because he wanted it was curiosity and he actually stopped for a moment did whatever he was doing and turned aside to hear or turned aside to see why and then the Lord spoke and so many times the Lord like opens up a door for us and when we turn aside to actually go sit and be and be quiet or whatever that's when the Lord will speak because he wants relationship because other than that you can just block you can blow by and just look and, and, and get answers without actually spending time does that make sense that's why I mean we're going to talk about it today but that's why the Lord is so that's why he speaks in parables and that's why there's so much mystery in him because he wants you to turn aside and spend time with him to get the understanding right he want like there's been multiple times where I remember this one time I, I shared a word with somebody that was super not awesome for me to share it with them I did not want to and I knew what was going on in their life um, and it was like the Lord I was like sitting there I'm reading my Bible not even thinking about anything reading my Bible enjoying the Lord and uh, it was like the Lord pulled a card up with a picture of them on it that's the best way that I can explain it and it was just like would you like to know and I knew what he meant by that is like do you want to hear what I have to say about this person and I know that when he tells me I'm it's not for me it's for that person so I'm like I sat there and literally waited and it was like the Lord was waiting for me and I'm like yeah I'll do that and then, it, and then the word came and it was like this picture and it was it was super it was super in depth in what they were in their what they were going through and it wasn't received super well and it wasn't awesome after that but I knew it was right because um, I didn't want to share it and I didn't think about it until that point but it was like the Lord gave me the opportunity like he never forces anything on anybody right we all know that we have to understand that but I believe that there's a place in our hearts like that's why we do what we do in Jesus Church. That's why we take our time. Like, we're not, we're, there's no program. There's, we're not trying to entertain anybody. Like, we're trying to, we're, we're really trying to seek Him and see Him. When we come together, we really want to know Him. And sometimes that takes, sometimes that takes us kind of getting past ourselves and slowing down. That might be uncomfortable for, for people, but it's, it's 
what's necessary. You know, it's so easy for us to just get wrapped up. Jesus is like the busiest dude in the world, but never was on in a hurry. And that's crazy to me. He was busier than all of us put together, and he was never in a hurry. So, you guys want to give our worship team a hand? They'll take a seat. We've been talking about surrender. Um, did that bless anybody last week when we, when we shared on surrender and what that looks like? Um, I really believe that it was, you can go. That's good. Thank you. No, I spin it so I can play with it. Um, does anybody does anybody have a testimony um, about what we shared last week, just about surrender um, and the, whether the Lord unlocking something in your heart or seeing something differently? Um, does anybody have a testimony about last week, about what we shared? I felt like I wanted to. I thought I might give space for that. Can anyone tell me what I preached on last week? Any thoughts? All right. Um, Again, you want to throw that QR code up? We've been talking about the Lord's... um, table. Uh, So this is something that we feel we're going to transition the Lord's table to three separate houses starting in September, um, September the 10th. I've talked about it. I'm pretty sure everybody's been in here when we've talked about it. So if you haven't scanned this and signed up and given your name so that we can put you, we're good, Brian, we got you on there. Um, it works. Um, if you haven't got your got scanned in and signed up with your family, then you probably won't be on the list. But we have the list in the back on what houses you'll be at September the 10th. Um, so go check those out. We have families. Um, we didn't put everybody. We just put family names up. So um, if you're in a male slot and you're a woman, sorry, talk to Simon. If you're a man in a woman's slot, sorry, because he has male, female, wife, husband. So uh, check it out. Um, we will have, so whoever the, whoever the elder is that's leading your house church, they'll reach out to, reach out to you, um, this in the next couple of weeks and kind of get a, a sign up going for food and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll do the same thing that we do when we come together for the Lord's table. Um, it'll be, we'll share or we'll get together, we'll hang out, we'll eat, We'll break bread together, we'll worship, and then we'll get into the Word together. Uh, We'll have child, like Jesus kids at the separate houses, which will be cool. Um, And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be super fun. If you're not, if you're not placed in one yet, or you haven't signed up, please sign up, and then we'll just continue to add people as they sign up. Um, But that'll start September the 10th, I believe. And with that being said, though, the first Sunday of September will just be normal like this. We, uh, we won't do the Lord's table or anything. That'll, it'll start September the 10th and then every first Sunday after that. Um, any questions? Yeah. Yep. If you bring guests that day, you bring them to whatever house you're going to. So it'd be a good time to invite people. It's cool. So people might be keen on that. Um, 
Yeah, they don't want to go to church, but they, they'd love to go to someone's house and get some free food. Um, any other questions? If you don't like where you're placed, talk to Simon. He, uh, he made all the calls, so. <laughs> um, any other questions on that? Um, September the 2nd, we're gonna do, we have the send. Um, if you want tickets, we still have some tickets available. Go talk to Robin. Robin, raise your hand. Wave. See, she's right there. She works in the cafe. She's manning the tickets. Um, if you gave me your name and I put you on the list, then go back there and pay her and get an actual physical ticket. They actually have physical tickets. So if you haven't um, picked up your ticket yet, get it. Um, if you want to go and you can't pay for it, go back there. Jesus will pay for it. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be super cool. It's an all-day event, so it's going to be fun. Um, any questions on that? Yeah. It's right there on the back wall. See the, see the, the we have the sign-up list. So that has your group. Yeah, there you go, Gannon. It has your group, um, who your lead is, and where it's at. Um, it has the address of, of each of them. They'll all be in DeWitt, so um, yeah. Any other questions? Tickets are like $34, so if you can't pay it, just take it. Um, if you can pay it, pay it. If you can't pay it, don't pay it. Take it. Um, any other questions? I'm like not the announcement guy. <laughs> I just think about it, how like people have to find the best exciting announcement guy, and I'm not that guy. Um, so go to Mark chapter 4. I really like what Nathaniel said about apathy. I believe the Lord, um, I believe one of the biggest problems, um, one of the biggest, one of the things that cause apathy the most in our hearts, and this is what I felt like the Lord was saying over those, over that, like especially that, because I believe at some point we've all experienced that. Um, and, uh, I believe what, it, what the Lord is, like what the Lord wants to break in that is when we, when we question his willingness and his goodness, then it'll always lead us to apathy and discouragement. Um, so when we question God's willingness and his goodness, then it always leads us to apathy and discouragement because you don't believe that what, you don't believe that what you're pursuing or what you want is available for you. Does that make sense? So when you, know, like, so like Nathaniel said, he's like, it can express itself and you're trying to, to obtain something and eventually you're, you get like everything you've done, you haven't got it or you haven't walked in it or whatever. It'll actually create apathy in your life because like, for example, here's a good example is like, and this happens to a lot of people and I'm sure I'm sharing it for a reason, but you can start to spend time with Jesus in the secret place <clears throat> and you either have an experience or have your secret place look a certain way. Um, let's say that like, man, you, you, you start spending time with the Lord and you're spending time in the morning and one morning you just open the Bible and it's like the Lord just spoke right to you and you're just, you're sitting there weeping and it's like he really encountered your heart. The problem with that, and I'm all for it because it happens all the time, but I'm saying that we have to understand that 
the next time we go into our secret place, we can actually judge it based on what it was like the la- that time. So then we're like, oh, well, it wasn't as impactful as it was this time. So then what you'll do is you'll start to pursue every time you spend time and read your Bible, it'll actually start to, you'll start to become apathetic towards reading your scriptures because you didn't have the same experience that you did that one time. And you don't, and what this is what I'm saying is you try, you're doing all these things the same way that you were doing them before, but you're, the posture of your heart is actually starting to believe that you're not going to get something or you're not, it's not available for you, right? And the whole thing, and that example specifically is we're just living by feelings, right? We're just living by what it used to be like or what it used to feel like. It's super dangerous because what it does is it starts to gray your heart out to where you're like, you'll open your Bible, but you'll be like, you know, I'm not going to experience the same thing. So why even read it, right? So many times happens a lot, especially when you've experienced, like, especially when you've seen fruit in an area or seen, like I said, you, like you've really, man, this scripture's really been powerful. But like leading up to that, you were just reading your Bible because you believed it was going to impact you, right? And that's what I mean is it's so important for us not to live by feelings and live by faith. Like I remember the Lord said, he's like, Dylan, if, I, if you never felt my love the rest of your life, would you still believe it? And I'm like, man, that's so good. Because this is, that's why it's so important for us to understand that is like we live our lives based on the word of God and we live our lives based on what he says, not based on what we feel. That's why we, we spent so much time talking about living by faith and not by sight or feelings is because faith always keeps you steady and steadfast in those situations, right? So now when the Lord touches you in that moment or when he reveals something to you and you might sit there and weep and be so thankful, that doesn't shape the way that you're going to live from there on out because, you're, because faith, you know that if I go there every time and I never feel anything, I know it's fruitful. I know, it, I know it's bringing forth fruit. Because of what he says that the scripture is life to me and it's seed to me. And I know that when I plant good seed, it's going to produce a harvest. Does that make sense? So that's what I mean by apathetical is sometimes what we do, our lack of understanding actually creates apathy in us because we don't believe that the Lord is good and wants to give us all things, right? So I remember the, like the verse the Lord gave me, I can't remember where it's at, so you can look it up or somebody knows where it's at, but... Jesus says, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Right? Somebody can find that for me. I don't know where it's at. I tried to find it, and I didn't have time. In that two seconds, I was walking around. I need Jared. Huh? Andrew's on it? Luke 12, 32. Look at it really quick. See, I was in Matthew chapter 11. I knew it was right there. I was close. I wouldn't win in a sword battle. Luke 12, 32. And this is all like super good stuff about Jesus talking about um, well we'll just read it we got time Uh, verse 22 we'll read this whole passage man we should read more this is so good okay verse 13 it says then one of the one of one from the crowd um said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me.
Yeah. It's just funny to me. He, uh, he's just pretty much saying, like, well, Jesus says it, see? You should do that. He's asking, he's asking him a question or asking him to do something so that he can get him on his side, which happens a lot. Um, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plenty. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your, or, um, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. And then those, then whose, sorry, I don't know how to read. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, right, so he spoke this parable. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what, or nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. You should underline that. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You should really underline that, that, that verse right there. You understand, he's talking about lilies, but he's talking about your growth. So he says, consider the lilies, they neither toil nor spin, yet your heavenly Father arrays them. Right, so he's saying that, I mean, I'm, the birds are super important too. But the lilies are super, super important because he's saying, he's like, consider how they grow. They're not toiling and spinning trying to grow. They're just letting the Father clothe them. It's a type and shadow of righteousness. It's a type and shadow of him saying that the lilies are growing because they're planted by God. The lilies are growing because they're growing because they're lilies. Right? That's why it's so important for us to understand the gospel because we make the tree good, the fruit will be good. We make the tree bad, the fruit will be bad. So we understand when we're good trees, we're not toiling and spinning to produce righteous fruit. We are righteous. So he's saying, consider the lilies, which are burned up. And the Lord makes them beautiful very quickly, and they're just burned up. Right? So in the same way, he's saying, he's saying, don't, don't worry and don't toil and spin trying to grow yourself and trying to mature yourself. He goes, rest in what, who, he's, who he's created you to be. Does that make sense? Beautiful. It says, if then God so clothes the grass, which is today is in the field, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, he's talking about physical clothing, but Jesus is a lot more than physical clothing. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, your, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. 
right? We talked about it last week. We spend so much of our time trying to figure out all these other things, but if we settle in our heart that we're going to seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be added to us, right? I remember a friend of mine was talking. He's like, the Lord had asked him. He's like, he's calling him into the ministry, so he stepped out of his job, and uh, he started pastoring or whatever. I can't remember what capacity he was in, but he was like, man, Lord, I need some money, this and that, and the Lord brought him back to this. He's like, I called you to seek first my kingdom, not to seek these other things and look for these other things, um, and it's not wrong that we're obviously working and, and, and those things, but in that season, the Lord's like, I want you to pursue ministry. So he actually stepped away from his job. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to seek ministry. Or I'm going to seek first the kingdom, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what he's called me to do. So he just like went out, and I can't remember if he met somebody on the street or he was um, just reached out to somebody, but he's like, I'm just going to go pour into somebody because I don't have, there's no way that I can make any money to pay my bills. And the Lord just like, Man, I feel really like I have no details on this story now. But ultimately, the Lord came through and gave him, and he had to find it. So I sound like Taya. <laughs> it's a different story. Um, but it's this, but the Lord ultimately just, re- like, because he was seeking, what, he was doing what he was called to do, that, like, somebody had reached out to him and was like, hey, I want to give you this. I felt like the Lord told me to give you this money, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like, blah, blah, blah. Like you know. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, you know what people say when they want to give you money. Um, but it's because he settled in his heart. He's like, I'm going to seek first the kingdom. And the Lord said he's going to take care of me. And it's like, obviously, I think there's a, well, look at verse 30. It says, for all these things, the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. And then this is the verse. It's like, do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself um, money bags which do not grow old and a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think it's very important for us to understand this. Is like the aspect of like finances, we can talk about that in a minute, but like, the Lord's saying, he's like, seek first the kingdom and then all these things will be added to you. He's like, and then he says, fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to what you're sinking after, right? It's your father's good pleasure to actually give you the kingdom. Because I think so many times we're like, okay, like the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, I need to understand righteousness. I want to experience peace and I want to experience joy. And you're pursuing that with your whole heart. And we think that the Lord's not going to give it to us. Does that make sense? And that actually will start to create apathy in our hearts and it'll actually create a, a lack of a desire. When you are pursuing something that you don't believe that is available to you or you don't believe that it's possible, then you're always going to struggle to believe and have joy in that pursuit. Does that make sense? When I know that it's available to me, then I know that it's going to produce a ton of joy in my heart. Like I was talking to Tyler about it. It's like, I'm like super excited when I get the, fa- when I get the opportunity just to like pray and ask the Lord to do something in my life because I'm like, I know that he wants to do it. But if I didn't know that he wanted to do it, then there wouldn't be joy in that, right? Like First John talks about, he goes, when, he's like, when we pray, we know if we pray according to his will, we know that we have the things that we ask because it's according to his will. So let's, for example, let's say that I'm pursuing like, man, Lord, I really want to see myself clearly. I don't want to have to like, I don't want to have a, a picture of myself that doesn't look like the picture that you have of me. 
I don't want to see myself according to my past. I don't want to see myself according to what happened to me. I don't want to see myself according to the mistakes that I've made. I want to see myself according to the kingdom. And you're pursuing that. If you believe it's possible for you to live that way, then it's going to produce a joy in that pursuit. But if you believe that you're like, I'm just trying not to be that, then it's going to produce striving. Does that make sense? Like if I'm just, like that's why I say like we have to understand and we have to like settle in our hearts that it's available for us. Because if we don't settle in our hearts that it's available, then we'll do the church thing not believing that it's for us. Right? It'll, produ- it'll actually produce religion in our hearts. Right? Like you think about the, the Israelites from Malachi to Jesus, there's 400 and some years of, of silence. They're going through the rituals of sacrifice and all these things and they're never expecting anything, right? They're going through the rituals and it's like this, like they read, they re, they're reading the stories of the Old Testament. They're going through the rituals and they're not even expectant of what's coming except for Simeon. He shows up and he's, he's expectant and the Lord told him that, I think it's Simeon, right? Yeah, the Simeon, the priest, he's like, the Lord says, hey, you're going to see my Messiah before you die. So he's like, okay. So every day, he's like, today's might be the day. Today might be the day. Today might be the day, right? Man, what if we lived our life in expectancy like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we believe that God wanted to save that person that we love so much in our lives, like, we'd be like, man, today could be the day of repentance. Today could be the day that they, that, the, that like, they actually humble themselves and repent. Today could be the day that they come into the kingdom. You know what I mean? Today could be the day that I get the, whatever, the opportunity to share with that person. And we lived our life, because it would create expectancy. And I was like, expectancy is like the soil that faith grows in. When we're expectant, man, faith will actually take root in that soil. And it'll grow and bring forth a harvest. Does that make sense? Any questions on that? Yeah. Oh, I thought you went like, <laughs> scratching your head. Don't scratch your head when I ask for questions. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is there any questions? Look at Mark chapter 4. something up really quickly. Just talk amongst yourselves. Can we go to Colossians chapter 2? I think this will be better. Who's there first? Hold your Bible up when you're there first. Ooh. Now that doesn't count. You guys ever do sword drills in Sunday school? You're like, people that didn't grow up in Sunday school, they're like, what? Um, you did it in Catholic church? Verse, verse uh, 1. Colossians 2, verse 
says, For I want you to know what great conflict I have for you and for those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. <clears throat> Please, like, when you're reading your Bible, slow down and read your Bible. Like, right there, that sounds like a lot of words. But if we break it down, so Paul's writing, and he's saying he has a great conflict and a desire for those in Laodicea and in Coloss. Um, and this is his desire, that their hearts may be encouraged, in verse 2, being knit together in love and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance. People texting me on my phone, I'm like, turn this off. And the full assurance um, of understanding. Attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. So he wants us to attain to the riches of being fully assured of the understanding of the mystery. The knowledge of the mystery, both of the Father and of Christ. Right? So think about this. There's knowledge and understanding in the mystery of Christ. And it's our job to seek it out. I love the proverb, it says, it's the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. Right? So the Lord hides things for us, not from us, because he wants us to pursue them. And here's the thing that's so important is like, you are, man, like, there's a confidence in your, in your conscience that comes when you're pursuing something that you know in your heart. Right? So let's say that like, Let's say that I'm really pursuing to love Taya well, and when there's nobody around, I'm asking the Lord, man, I want, I want to see her clearly. I want to love her well. I'm like, Lord, help me to be the best husband to her. Help me to be the best friend to her. All this stuff. Like, let's say if, let's say I don't measure up to it, or let's say that there's a, a conflict to where it's like, I feel like I wasn't loving her well. I know in my heart that when there's nobody around, I'm pursuing that and seeking that out. Does that make sense? So that actually starts to like encourage my heart that I'm pursuing something, even if I'm not seeing the fruit in it, that I know that I'm putting the work in if I believe that it's available for me. Does that make sense? So it's something that that's where like, you know, if anyone fails, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's like, but I'm writing these things so that you don't fail. I'm writing these things so that you don't sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate that we can come to. He's like, but when we're pursuing something, we're pursuing it. And even if we fall down and we make a mistake, we're pursuing something we can get back up, right? But if you're not pursuing something, that's where like that, that apathy thing is so important. Because if you're just apathetical, well, then it's just another, well, see, obviously, I'm just, I'm just this or I'm just that. I'm just, you know what I mean? But when there's a settling in our hearts of a pursuit, like we might be we might be bombshelling it, but we're like, we're trying our best. Like, I was laughing. Jared, he was talking about it. Like, when we were first in Bible college, he's like, our, I feel like our scripture was just be zealous and repent. And it's like, be zealous and then just repent because we're just making a mess of some stuff big time. And it was just like, we were doing things that we just, not like bad things, just like, just calling things out and just, just doing things that we should not have been doing in the sense of just we were super zealous you know what I mean like we're like I remember Jared man this guy was yeah this guy was yeah like 
have so many like things that were just like this guy had ended up passing away. He was working. He got in a in a construction accident. He just got up out of, and Jerry just got up out of out of school and just walked out. And they're like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I'm going to raise this dude from the dead. I know where he's at." And tracked the dude down, him and his buddy, and they were like, "Everyone's like, no, no, you shouldn't do that. Like, like this and that." And he's just like, "The Bible says raise the dead. What are you even talking about? I'm not listening to anything you have to say." And I'm just Jerry's like, you know what I mean? So he's just like, "Be zealous and repent." Like just went for it the guy didn't get up but we went he went for it though and I'm just like that's what I mean is like be zealous and repent but it's like when you're when you believe exactly like you you'll but then you put yourself in a bunch of situations where you kind of make it happen sometimes because you put because you were zealous and you went for it you know what I mean and that's what Jesus is looking for he's just looking for people to go for it but I believe like I believe there's this aspect of us that there's a seeking out of the mysteries and, and, and pursuing the understanding when we know it's available for us and it's, and it's ours, right? So, like, I love, like, a, a guy I like to listen to. He says, like, faith searches out what revelation reveals. So faith, faith, when you, your faith can actually discover what revelation reveals to you. So the Lord opens your heart to see, like, hey, this is possible for you to live like this. So faith is like, all right, then I want that, and you're going to seek it out now. Does that make sense? But so many times what we do, and this is what we're about to read, is like Jesus reveals us. Jesus is the revelation. He's the wisdom of God. We see something in his life, and then people will say, well, that's not possible, or that's not available, or you can't live like that, right? And that actually starts to create dead religion in people because then they'll just, they're just going through the motions hoping they're, they're okay instead of pursuing an image which is following Jesus, right? Does that make sense? So look. Um, the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom? In Christ. Is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you read Proverbs, it's very convicting because he's talk, he talks about, it's a, it's a book of wisdom. Solomon is wisdom. And it, it's so crazy because everything in there is like, seek wisdom, don't seek this. And if you seek wisdom, you'll get this. But seek wisdom, right? It's like, seek wisdom more than rubies and jewels. But then somebody that's wise will actually create this because it's a byproduct of seeking wisdom, right? Like money is not, money is not evil, if you're seeking wisdom. But if you're seeking money, it becomes evil. Right? That's why, like, seeking wisdom is important because when you seek, that's why seeking the kingdom, the Lord can add things to you. Right? It's so funny because in the, we're super keen on people, like, seeking the kingdom and not seeking money. But then when we seek the kingdom and the Lord adds everything to people, then we kind of get mad about it. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's an aspect of the Lord that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's like, we're just like, all right, sweet. I love that Luke humbled himself under the mighty hand of God, but then the Lord lifts Luke up, and we're like, why is Luke getting lifted up? Like, because he humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. You understand? So it's like, there's an aspect of the Lord that we have to understand is like, we judge people sometimes based on, like, I know like businessmen and stuff that have like, they give away a lot of money, and they give away a lot of things, and they're just like people like, might get mad about the blessing that's on their life, but it's like you don't see the seeds that they sow. 
You know, like you're not seeing the seeds that people sow in private and then you're like driving by their field and you're mad that it's so lush and green. It's like they're sowing, they're sowing major seeds, right? And it's like Jesus says, he's like, or not Jesus, Paul says, he's like, do not be deceived. What a man sows, he will reap. And there's an aspect of sowing and reaping. I'm talking financially right now, but there's an aspect of sowing and reaping in anything that is an absolute. Like we have to settle in our hearts that like, the Lord is just really involved in people's lives and he knows people. Like what he could bless Simon with would not be a blessing to me. It would probably crush me, you know. But Simon's postured his heart in such a way. I'm just hypothetically speaking right now. But I'm saying Simon's postured his heart in such a way that like the Lord could give him something that would actually crush me. It's so funny because the Lord will actually actually work. Man, it's just, I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to get into all this stuff. But like the Lord will work things in your life. Like there's been times where I'm like, I'm like, man, like, I feel like, like, Lord, I, I want to, like, me and Taylor were talking about it one time. We were talking about finances and stuff. And uh, I'm just, like, right in that time, a friend of mine had told me, like, how much money he was making. And I was just, like, literally, I'm, like, well, praise God, Lord, that you're blessing this person. <laughs> and I'm just, like, literally, like, me and Taylor talking about, like, financially, this, this and that. And I was, like, but the Lord showed me. I was, like, the Lord will actually like bless Simon to expose what's in Taya's heart to where it'll make sure that her heart is settled in seeking the kingdom. And then the Lord will actually bless Taya, but she doesn't, he doesn't want to, he doesn't, he wants your heart. That's what I'm trying to say is in surrender, the Lord can do anything, right? If money has no hold on you, then the Lord will actually, he, he could give, he could funnel money through you and bless a, a ton of people. Like I've given people money that's like it. Like I gave this lady some money in Chick-fil-A the other day. And she was, I mean, she's just like broken. And I'm just like, I didn't even know how much money I had. I just pulled out. I knew I had some cash, so I just gave it to her. And I was just like, I was like, I really feel like the Lord wanted me to give this to you after I prayed with her and stuff. I got baptized yesterday, weeping, just walked away. And I'm just like, it's money. It's just money. Like, it's not that big of, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it definitely wasn't over 100 bucks. And I'm just like, so if that doesn't have a hold in my life, then I can be a blessing to somebody else in that area. But also, if you think about it, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, that's not going to change her life at all. Like, $80. But to her, it was like God's approval of her life and her love. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, like, that's why Jesus is saying, he's like, don't lay up treasures for yourself in, in, on earth. Lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. And I'm not just talking about giving. I'm talking about everything. But, like, there's an aspect of us, like, there's, I can take $100 and give it to Tyler, and it can actually lay up for myself treasure in heaven. And then everyone will get there and they'll be like, well, how come you have so much treasure in heaven? I'm like, because I laid up for it on, on earth. Does that make sense? Like, the kingdom is not, that's why I say, like, you'll have a smaller house in heaven. It's no big deal. But mine's going to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's just, but I think that there's, and this is what I'm saying, is there's an aspect of, there's an aspect of that joy when you know that, man, what I'm doing here is actually making an eternal impact there. I know that I'm going to be rewarded there. Like you talk about the wall, like the hall of faith in, in Hebrews chapter 11, what those guys went through, they, they said, we're going to actually desire to, it says they could have been delivered, but rather choosing to suffer. They chose to suffer because they would receive a greater, a greater um, reward in heaven. I'm like, that's pretty crazy that they live a life here that's choosing, they're like, I'm going to choose to suffer here because there it's going to be a greater reward right? Does that make sense? That's why it's like, I think like in the, 
in the financial side of it is it's not like a linear playing field because some people might be called to this and some people might be called to this, but it all takes faith. Does that make sense? And I think that what we do is like we make it linear and it's not linear. Like if somebody's, we, that's why you just, that's why you seek first the kingdom. You don't seek those other things. You don't look to the left or the right. You just seek him because like what the Lord's calling Tyler to might be completely different than me. And Tyler might be, you know, giving two mites and I might be giving this much, but that's not, it's not linear. Does that make sense? That's why Jesus says he's like, so funny, Jesus in that, that story of the widow's mites says Jesus is standing and watching how people are giving. It says Jesus watching how people gave. I'm just like, can you imagine that? Like people just pitched up at the giving box and just watching how people give. Just being like, I see that. I see that. That's what Jesus was doing. But he's saying this person's giving in abundance, but this person is giving out of their necessity or out of their, out of their lack. But he's saying like, because it's the heart posture of what you're giving. That's why it's not linear. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have a word. Dangerous. Go ahead. Should we run it through the gatekeeper? Um, I had this picture during the end of worship, and just what you were talking about um, just made me think about it. Um, I had this picture of kind of all of us, but individually going up to Jesus and just this there was this huge treasure chest and just filling up like all the cares of the world worldly possessions anxiety depression and just filling up this treasure chest Mm. and closing it and giving it to him and then he just took it for a second gave it back and we opened it and it was empty we're like oh why is it empty and he just smiled and said look behind you and behind us was just the richest all an endless riches, like the riches of heaven, the storehouse yeah. of heaven, That's just awesome. right behind us, just already there, like already have access to it. So, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And that's what I mean is like, <clears throat> that's powerful. Because like the giving up, like the, that's why, that's why I say is like the, the fearing not little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom is when you trust his character, that what you're giving up is actually not even close to what you're gaining. That's what we have to understand. That actually propels us to a, a, a level of seeking and joy, or joy in our seeking, that like we're going to receive a reward that's greater. So like the Lord, me giving up like whatever I'm giving up is not even in comparison to what I'm going to get in the long run, right? So there's something that's very important for us to understand that. So keep reading. Is there any questions before we go any further? Um, okay, so he's saying, verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, right? In Jesus are hidden all the treasures, or all the um, treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. Or I'm with you, yeah, with you in the spirit. Rejoicing to see your good order and your steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have received Jesus, or as you have therefore, as you therefore have received Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You should underline that, abounding in it with thanksgiving. 
Some of you guys that like don't want to mark your Bibles up, you're like, man, I'm not doing that. Underline it. It says, beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and powers. All right, read that again. As you have therefore received, in verse 6, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Pause. How have you received Christ Jesus? By grace through faith, right? So you receive Jesus by grace through faith. Luke receives Jesus because it was available to him, salvation, and we knew it was available to him. Right? 100%, everybody, if Luke came up here and was like, I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to receive, I want to be forgiven and I want, I want my life to be changed. There's not a soul in here that would say, well, it's not available for you. Or maybe it's not available. We'll see if it's available. Would you agree? So all Luke did is believe in something and then he received something. And then what did he do? He was just thankful. Right? So he's saying, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. So as you have received him, that's the same way that you're going to walk in him. It's not just, we don't just receive Jesus by grace through faith, but then we have to actually have to walk in him through grace, by grace through faith. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. Because there's an aspect of it when you, thanksgiving is super important in the kingdom because we know that everything that the kingdom has is available to us. So if we know that the Lord is saying it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, then we'll abound in thanksgiving because we're thankful that, it's, that the Lord is here to change our lives. We're thankful that the Lord is here to set us free. We'll be thankful that the Lord is here to restore our marriage. We'll be thankful that the Lord is here to, you know, like help us financially, help us spiritually, help us in our, our dog sitting ability. I don't know. Does that make sense? If we believe that it's available for us, and this is what I want us to see is like the aspect of like surrendering to the Lord, if we believe that it's available to, available to us, then we'll seek it out with joy and thanksgiving, right? And if you look, if you think about it in our hearts, the majority of the times that, at least in my own life, and I'll speak for myself, I'm pursuing something that I'm hoping is available for me, or I'm pursuing something that I don't know for a fact that it's available to me. And because of that, I'm pursuing something and it's never actually really what we boil it back down to is it's not grace and faith, it's works. It's my striving to hopefully get an answer or hopefully get a breakthrough. Does that make sense? Because, and that's what Paul's saying, he says, don't let anyone cheat you through philosophy and human wisdom and traditions of men and all these things is because when you're pursuing something in Christ, in the, in the reality of Christ, you'll actually have a, a ton of opportunities to be cheated out of that reality. Right? One of the big, like, if anyone ever says that that was just Jesus, that's what he's talking about, is don't let anyone cheat you. Right? When it's like, hey, I'm, be I'm believing that I'm going to go for this, and then all these other things will actually start to come in and try to cheat you of your reward. That's what Paul's talking about. He says, don't let anyone cheat you through religion, through philosophy, 
human traditions, just the basic principles of the world. Because think about this. Philosophy, empty deceit, according to the traditions of men and according to the basic principles of the world. And then he lumps them all in, not according to Christ, because Christ is outside of all those things. So you think about this. Basic principles of the world. If you want to look at it plain and simple, if Tyler gets sick, a basic principle of the world is that he's going to be sick. But not according to Christ, because Christ can just come in and heal his body. So how, what does that make any sense? Does that make sense? Because what will happen is you'll actually start to be cheated because it's like, this is the way that we live. Right? So it's like, oh, you don't have the finances to pay this bill. The basic principles of the world would say that you're screwed. You know what I mean? So now you're coming back in outside of that because according to Christ, he says, you seek first my kingdom and you might just pull a, some money out of a fish's mouth. That doesn't make any sense. Right? Because that's what I mean is there, if we believe that it's a, I just believe the Lord wants to like open our hearts and open our minds up to the reality that like it's, it's possible for us to live this way. Like, and if we believe it's possible for us to live a certain way, then we'll pursue it with excellence and we'll pursue it with joy, knowing that it's ours, right? If I know I'm a son in the house, then I know everything in the house is mine, right? But if I believe that I'm a slave, I have to work for it. And that's why the Lord's taking away those, those, that side of our lives to where he's like, this is available for you so that when you pursue it, you know it's yours. Is there any questions on that? Yeah. Hold on. Can I get a mic? I was just saying Christianity is kind of weird because it's like on the one hand you get the free gift of salvation, but on the other hand it's like you have to surrender everything for it. So it's yeah. like kind of like where's the balance at between that, I guess, would uh, be my question on that. Yeah. There is an imbalance. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> uh, you, you understand what I'm saying. 100%. Though. It's like God wants us to give up everything for the pursuit of the gospel. So it's like, I almost feel like we don't make that mental jump at the beginning. Yeah. We think, oh, we're getting the free gift of salvation, and then I have my stuff over here. But really, we should be looking at all of our resources as, how can I use this to further the kingdom of God? How right. is this involved in the kingdom of God? 100%. Yeah, and that's the, that's the reality of the matter is a lot of, and that's why we talked about it last week is like we have to come into the gospel with that mentality because if you don't come in given everything, then you're, it's going to be a, it's not going to make sense. The gospel doesn't make sense in the others. Like, like Jesus doesn't make sense in you holding on to some part of you, right? Like Jesus doesn't make sense in you and you keeping a, like trying to hold on to an aspect of something. It doesn't make sense. And it won't, like, it won't make sense going forward because what we hold on to, ultimately, we're Lord over, and then we got we to gotta be in control, right? So it's like, we'll, like we'll, we'll pe people will give, and like, they'll be like, all right, I'm in for everything, but then it's like, but the person I'm going to marry, that's, that's my choice, you know? Or like, I'm going to give everything, but my finances, that's, like, that's my business. And the problem is, is the enemy's like, oh, you're in charge. That's awesome. Sweet. And then you're in charge, <laughs> and it crushes you very quickly. Right? We don't understand that. Like, okay, go to Mark chapter 4 now. Come full circle. 
But yeah, there's no balance, Austin. If you don't give it all, then... We, th- we read it last week. If, if, if we don't... You can't be my disciple. And those are red words. Verse 1 of Mark chapter 4. I read this a lot, but it's so important. And that's why Jesus says, unless you understand this parable, you won't understand any parable. But it says... And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in in his teaching, listen, Jesus is like, listen, this is very important. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed, or some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is the verse I wanted to really key in on. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. You understand, Jesus, and I say this all the time, Jesus is not exclusive. Right? Because a lot of times what we think is like, he's, he, he's like, here's my multitude. I'm taking you 12, and I'm going to teach this, and then I'm going to teach them exactly what it means. That's not what it says. It says those around him, first off, and the 12, asked him privately. And then he said to you, it's been given. And I remember I asked the Lord one time about it, and he's like, Dylan, it's available to anybody that would ask me. Right? The mystery of the kingdom is because Jesus wouldn't say that in Mark or Luke chapter 12 that's saying that, hey, this is, it's, you know, fear not, it's, a, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wouldn't say it in Luke chapter 11 that anyone who asks answers, anyone who knocks gets the door open, and anyone who seeks finds. Right? So what he's saying is the, act, the action of being a true disciple of Jesus is actually seeking out what he, what he desires and what he's saying. Right? So these... Just those, it says those around him and the 12. So it wasn't these 12 guys that he pulled out. It was those that continued to follow Jesus after. And they were seeking him and asking him. And he's saying, to you it's been given the mysteries of the kingdom to the seeker. Because it says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's an aspect of the Lord that is a seeking out. Right? So you see any fruit in anyone's life, it's just because they've sought it out. Right? But dude, this is so freeing for us to understand this. That's because anything that I'm saying, you hear Simon up here saying something, you're like, man, that's really good that he sees it that way. It's available for you. All you have to do is press into it. And the fact that the Lord is, the fact that you're exposed to something, the Lord's whetting your appetite to see if you'll come. Right? That's why he'll like, he'll share something with you. And it's like, like if you guys got a a word from somebody, it might be a picture or something that doesn't have a clear understanding. Did anyone get a word like that? during this time of worship, right? What the Lord wants you to do is say, Brian's in the morning sitting with his coffee. Lord, what, what, what does that mean? 
Like, what are you trying to say? And the Lord will actually start to reveal and open up the reality of what he wants. That's why he speaks prophetically, because he wants you to come. Right? He's saying, hearing they might, may not hear, seeing they may not see, least they turn and be forgiven. He's saying that he wants people to turn. He wants them to seek it out. He wants them to pursue. Does that make sense? There's an aspect of the Lord that is seeking. But here's the thing. If we, like, I'm just a firm believer that anybody in this multitude, like, let's say Tyler is just the dude in the back, you know what I mean, that just walked up and was like, what's going on? And he hears this and something in his heart stirs. I believe that Jesus, if he did whatever he had to do to get to Jesus and asked him what it meant, do you think that Jesus would be like, no, that's, that's given for these guys over here, the mystery of the kingdom, right? Think about that. That's what we believe, right? So I, I'm speaking something on righteousness, and it really blesses Rebecca. What we'll say is, well, Dylan's been given the mystery of the kingdom. That's complete deception, right? We do it all the time. We hear somebody we look up to, or we hear somebody say something good, and we, like, automatically what we hear is like, oh, that's for them. That's not for me. Or, oh, they can live like that, but I can't live like that. Or they can understand that, but I can't understand it, right? Oh, they hear the Lord like that, but I can't hear the Lord like that. Oh, they can be free, but I can't be free. Oh, they can be healed, but I can't be healed. That's the enemy's biggest lie, right? Because then Jesus would be a respecter of persons, and he says, Paul says, God is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. So when somebody has faith, they receive because it's available to them, but faith accesses it, right? Salvation's available for everybody. You understand that? But the people that receive salvation are the ones that have faith in it. God doesn't save everybody. Everyone's not, gonna go to, everyone's not saved and going to go to heaven one day. But the people that received it. But it's available. Does that make sense? So when Rebecca doesn't receive Jesus and she dies, God, there's, no, there's no, she can't stand before the Lord and say, well, that's not fair. No, it was available to you in the same way it was available to Tyler, but Tyler chose to receive it. So as you have received Jesus, so walk in him. So when you see something in someone else's life, it's whetting your appetite to say, man, that's available for me too, right? I'm, I'm actually, all I have to do is position myself in the same way that this person positioned themselves. Like I remember I was sitting at a pastor and leaders gathering and this one guy that I really respect was preaching and I'm like sitting there and I'm just sitting there like watching and this other guy that I know, he was like across, I don't know where he was sitting, but he's like, man, I was really like, like he's like, dude, you were like leaning in, listening. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, you know, like I'm hungry. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm thankful and I'm going to settle in my heart that I'm hungry and it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Like, that's why like, like when I went to Bible college, like it's super important for people to do those kind of things because it's like, you're saying like, all right, for, I'm forsaking all this other stuff and I want one thing, right? That's why when people are like, hey, I'm in for this and I'm, I'm going for it, whatever it takes, I'm like, that's super awesome to me right? And especially when, it, when they give up things on, along the way, right? Like, I'm selling dirt bikes, I'm selling stuff so I can go, I'm going. And because of that, there's fruit. I mean, you guys, when you went to Bible college, the same thing, right? You experience that fruit because it's surrender, right? Jesus is asking you to give something up, but it's not anything compared to what you received. And it's not anything compared to what you're going to receive in the long run, right? Like, the Lord will, it says, he's like, there, anyone who gives it up is not going to, is going to receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. So don't even worry about that. You just pursue it. Is there any thoughts on that? Any questions? I want us to see, like, 
Like, I want us to have this confidence and this boldness, like, going forward. I believe, like, there's a, there's a shift happening to where, like, what Marty shared last week was really good. Like, the Lord is cleaning out his threshing floor. Is like, there is a, like, there's an aspect of the gospel that the Lord wants to do, or wants to, like, reveal in our hearts that the people that are in are going to be in and the people that are out are going to be out and the line's going to be very defined and that's what I want I like that because it's way clearer for us to understand that you know what I mean I'd rather Jesus says I'd rather you be cold than be lukewarm and it's like like there was this lady we were talking to me and saying how she like renounced her faith and stuff and she was talking about it and it's like she said she like there's no there's no power or freedom in Christianity, I, I, I lived it for a while, and I was just like, and obviously she didn't live true Christianity, but like, I'm like, well, I'm glad that you did that instead of just going to church the rest of your life, and not, like, I'm glad that you settled in your heart that that's not true, and now you're on the other side, because Jesus can flip cold to hot really quickly, but it's a lot harder to change lukewarm, and it's like, I would rather you just be like, that's completely wrong, because you don't understand anything anyways, that's why you're on that side of the ditch, but it's just like, I'd rather you be there because then I can flip you way easier than if somewhere in the middle where, yeah, well, that was Jesus. Yeah, well, that's not really for us. Well, I can't really experience, like all of that is not cool. That's what I mean by we have to like repent of those ideologies and those mindsets because they're, they're holding us back from freedom. And I love like what Marty shared last week is like, I want, and it's not like a harsh word and I'm not trying to sound harsh in it, but it's like, there's a, jo- there's a joy in surrender and I believe that the Lord wants to raise up like joyful, surrendered people to where it's, it's like, it's your, it's, you love it. I, like you love to throw all that stuff in the treasure every day. Like you love to wake up and it's, if those problems are coming, like if there's cares of this world and there's riches, deceitfulness of riches, and there's all these things trying to tell you like finances, you just keep dumping them in the, in that treasure chest. And you're like, man, Lord, I'm seeking first your kingdom. Like I might not, it might not be looking super good for me right now, but I'm going to seek first your kingdom. And I believe that all these things are going to be added to me. And I believe that it's available for me to receive what I'm pursuing. Because I believe like one of the things in the church, like for at least what I've seen is like, you'll end up going through the motions because you don't believe that it's available for us. Right? Like you read about all these things. I just remember I've spent a lot of time in my life crying and talking to the Lord and being like, Lord, what, you, what this book says has to be available and I won't stop until I see it, even if I'm not experiencing it, right? Like, I'm like, people that I see that I really look up to that are just completely radically transformed, I'm like, that is the, that, like, that's the standard. It can't just be the outlier. And people will tell me that, oh, that's the outlier. I'm like, that's not the outlier. We're the outlier, right? That should be the norm, because everything that you see in Scripture is absolutely incredibly incredible. And I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I'm reading through the book of Acts, and it's like, it says, Peter, it says, they gathered all the sick from the surrounding areas to the disciples, and it says they were all healed. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. And I'm like, they gathered everybody from the surrounding areas, and it says, and they were all healed, just like Jesus did it, right? And if, and if Peter or Paul is sitting there, I guess Paul wasn't in the scene yet, but Peter and John sitting there and saying, hey, I want to see everybody get healed like Jesus. I'm sure there's people pulling them aside and be like, hey, that was Jesus. You're not Jesus, right? And then I'm sure that they're like, I appreciate you not trying to cheat me out of my reward, 
right? Because they pulled everybody from the whole surrounding areas, and it says, and the disciples, and then it says, and they were all healed, just like it said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John multiple times for Jesus. Because they saw it, and they believed that it was possible, because they're like, Jesus is the same. He's commissioned us to live the life that he's calling us to live, right? So I believe that there's a generation of people that live on the earth today that will believe that and step into it because they believe that it's possible. And that's what I want us to see is just open our hearts up to the, the, to the belief that it's possible. And that's where it needs to start in our hearts and in our lives. Does that make sense? So here we go. <clears throat> I want you guys to stand. We're going to pray for you. I feel like this will be like a little, a good thought. Um, I want us all to close our eyes. I believe the Lord wants to speak to us specifically. Um, I believe like, like what I see is like there's like, it's super cliche, but it is what it is. It's like there's road, there's an actual like roadblock in your walk that is placed there. And I believe it's one of these things right here, like a tradition of men, a philosophy, a empty deceit, basic principle of the world, something like that that's actually hindering your walk with the Lord. And I believe the Lord wants to, to reveal that to you and show you that it's just not, it's not him and you got to tear that thing down. So what he's going to do is reveal those things to us and you just need to be like, Lord, I repent from believing that that's true and that's my reality, right? I remember spending time thinking about somebody that, I, that went through a bunch of abuse and I was like, in my mind, I was thinking that, oh, that person is actually going to be scarred and marred and hurt and it's going to affect their life. And I was thinking it, and the Lord interrupted my thought. He says, Dylan, the difference between me and you is I believe the blood of my son is enough to wash sin away. He's like, and you don't. And you understand that's a philosophy and a basic principle of the world that when somebody goes through this, now they're going to be like this. But it's not according to Christ, because Christ can come and wash the thing clean. And I watched it happen with the person. Because I, because, not because I believed it, because they believed it. I didn't, they believed it before I did. I was actually trying to keep them in bondage. <laughs> oh, but it's true. So I, I feel like the Lord wants to reveal, some, or reveal to us some of those roadblocks, and all it takes is us desiring to let it go. And that's what I mean is as we have received Christ Jesus, we need to walk in him. So when he reveals those things to us, you just say, man, Lord, I don't want that, and I'm going to repent of that. And I believe that you're going to show me what it looks like to live that reality out and live that truth out and it's available to me. So all of us just close our eyes and ask the Lord if there's anything in, in our lives that's actually hindering us from growth that we need to remove from our hearts and we need to settle in our hearts. And then if the Lord revealed it to you, just ask him specifically what that looks like and what the truth, what the truth about that situation is and what he says about it. 
or what his perspective is on it. Lord, we love you, and we're thankful that you're passionate about us and passionate about our hearts. And Lord, we say yes to you, and we're going to continue to say yes to you. Thank you for what you're doing in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I would encourage you to write down what the Lord said, write down the truth of what he said. Um, I believe it's going to be really impactful for you going forward. Um, we'll have some of our guys up here for prayer if anyone needs prayer for anything. Uh, just need somebody to stand with you and need prayer for healing. Uh, also, take a look at that sign-up sheet. If you haven't signed up, sign up. Um, but we love you guys. Have an awesome day.